0: Well, the government of Alberta, and and to be completely fair, all governments at every level to some degree have been completely and totally ineffective in dealing with the opioid epidemic. It's been a disaster. 641 Albertans died in the first five months of 2021. That's a 40% increase over the year before. And uh, this just continues, a deadly trend that has gotten worse and worse and worse year after year. Now, here in Alberta, the government has focused on a recovery-based approach, which clearly is not enough with the 40% increase. Um, We've worked hard here on the show to make sure we bring in the experts surrounding the science. We have a discussion based on what does the medical evidence show us. It's evidence-based treatment. What works when it comes to addiction? And recovery is part of it. There's no question. That is a key component to it but um, it's a full spectrum problem and while adding recovery beds is great it needs to come with other things including overdose prevention because dead people have no use for recovery beds they're no help Um, and that's the full spectrum. You need to save lives, you need to get them help, and then you need to provide continuing support. It's, it's all been laid out. We've talked about it here on the show many, many times. Now, the Kenny government has actually increased the recovery beds, which is great, but at the same time, reduced access to overdose prevention, something that the experts tell us will continue to lead to overdose deaths. Um, two nonprofits are now taking the government to court over this issue. Mom stopped the harm. And the Lethbridge Overdose Prevention Society. And joining us now to tell us more about what's going on, we have Petra Schultz, who is one of the founders of Mom Stop the Harm. Um, Petra, thanks for joining us this morning. Always appreciate chatting with you.
1: Thank you very much for, uh, for having me and for letting you explain a little more, de- in more detail why we are taking the province to court.
0: Yeah, let's start right there. Why now? Why at this point have you decided this is uh, the next logical step for you, or maybe the only step left?
1: it's more the latter the only step left i mean we are small not-for-profit and our focus is to support families who have lost loved ones and have loved ones living um, with problematic substance use and we advocate to change drug policies. Lesbridge uh, over the prevention side focuses on keeping people healthy and alive Uh, but we have reached the conclusion that government doesn't listen to the people affected, they don't listen to medical experts and they don't listen to the science. So I felt this was a step that we be hard to take. And I have to be honest, it's a little scary to take your province to court, but uh, we, were, we are feeling really, really strongly about doing this.
0: Let's walk through um, the action that you're taking, uh, your specific um, allegations, your specific concerns with what the government has done and why you think it's legally actionable.
1: Well, what the government has done, they have created new regulations for supervised consumption and overdose prevention sites. And there are two aspects to them. The most important aspect is they will affect access to the site. They will uh, prevent people from accessing. They will make people hesitant to access. And uh, the other element is that they're just so arduous uh, that they will not allow organizations like Lethbridge Overdose Prevention. They literally have operated out of a tent. Mm -hmm. They will not allow them to provide that service. So those are the the two elements. But really, the most important thing is that I lost my son, Danny, in 2014, and he had relapsed um, and died. We did not know that he had relapsed. Danny was feeling shameful about his substance use and even so we supported him every step of the way he did everything in his power to hide his substance use from us from his friends from his employer and for him having that on his health care record would have been a deal breaker as it is for so many people people that we have spoken to people that we know use um, supervised consumption side because it's a low barrier access you want it's a life saving program. You want people to come in, feel welcome, not feel shamed, not feel blamed, and they can't be afraid of negative personal consequences. After all, substance use is deemed illegal in this country, um, and if you engage in activity that's deemed illegal, uh, you don't want your friends, your neighbors, your employer, and in many cases, not your family to know, and neither your healthcare provider.
0: Petra, you make such an important point because I think anybody who's done any work with addictions or or gone through it with personal experience knows it's shame and guilt that drives it. That's what it is. Um, that That's what it's based on. And when you increase the shame and you increase the stigma and you increase the, you know, that shameful feeling that people have... you you make it much harder for them to to access help. So when you talk about that health care card and providing that, first of all, I don't know how many of these people might have access to their health care card. But second of all, just any added barrier will cost lives, right? Is that basically what you're saying?
1: Exactly. That is exactly what we are saying, that adding barriers will drive people away And uh, we know when you overdose, your only chance is to have another person with you. We also know that nobody has ever died at a supervised consumption or overdose prevention site. So we know these sites work not only in keeping people alive but also keeping them healthy um, and and that is so important and the other thing these sites do is they connect people with services but they connect them because they are no barrier um, and and no shame and no blame and as you correctly identified many people don't have have healthcare numbers of course there are provisions to apply for those but yeah. again that is another step
0: that people have to take. Um, so, just to be clear here, what you're what you're saying in the action, you're not asking them to do anything additional. Basically, what you're asking them to do is to just maintain what it was prior to some of these steps that they've taken over the last year or two, right? I mean, you're not talking them uh, to take giant leaps forward; just basically go back to the way it was, right?
1: Exactly. Um, these uh, rules will come into effect in September. And what's interesting, uh, supervised consumption sites are um, feder- federally regulated. And I helped um, get the sites here in Edmonton approved. And I tell you, the regulation they are extensive. There are is already extensive reporting and extensive regulation that all sites across Canada. Um, have to adhere to. What is now being um, implemented in Alberta is um, uh, kind of superseding the federal powers and is different from what they do in Ontario in um, in D.C. or anywhere else where these sites exist. So it's not deemed necessary by the the government that actually regulates these sites so it is really unnecessary and it is most of all it is harmful and that is why it needs to be stopped before it is implemented
0: um what's the timeline on this when are you expecting to hear a response and if not when does it end up in court
1: well, I mean, we will be um, seeking a, an injunction within uh, the next few, few days um, if we don't hear back from the province that they will uh, cease and desist with um, implementing these guidelines. We, will ha- we have to act on this swiftly because as soon as these guidelines go into effect, it will be a greater barrier. It's always harder to remove something that's already in place than stopping mm-hmm. something um, the negative from happening.
0: Uh, Petra, thanks so much for the update. Always a delight to chat with you, and uh, we'll follow up once this uh, continues down the legal channels.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you so much, and thank you to the for the interest.
0: Thanks very much, Petra. That thank is you. Petra Schultz, who is the co-founder of Moms Stop the Harm, a national advocacy group and nonprofit.